What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Smelly, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Bolo. Unfortunately, no Dino today. But, Ray, we got another player rankings. We got the tight ends today. Yeah, it's a deep class. A lot of people are speculating that we'll see three go in the first round. So, curious about that. But this is, there's a lot of um, really solid receivers and just a lot of different mixes of types of players, too. We got some guys who are kind of more like big slots. You got the traditional wide blocking tight ends. And then you got a little bit of a mixture of both. So it's fun. It's uh, I'm curious to see how you rank them in particular, because I kind of want a little I want a little weird for me. I feel like I, I thought coming into it, I was going to rank them one way and I kind of went the I kind of went to left field. Interesting. I think I had maybe one out there, but I think most of my uh, if the people are listening to the show pretty consistently, I think they know who uh, who I like at the top. So. Interesting. Let's let's get right into it. Who you got at number five? Uh, so five for me is going to be Oregon State Luke Musgrave. So this is one of those guys who really blew up at the Senior Bowl. I think one of those the stat cash. What's the new wave stats where that tracks the speed? Yeah, ran, stupid. Something like that. But he ran like twenty miles an hour. I remember. I think he, I want to say he was like a top five like offensive player speed wise, which opened a lot of people's eyes. He's six six two fifty three. So you love that size. 32 and five inch arms, 10, eight, 10 and three eighths inch hands, which is good. And then at the combine, didn't didn't disappoint with that GPS time. He ran a four six one forty, which was really good. And then he had a thirty six inch vert, ten five broad. So we, overall, really good athlete. Coming out of high school, he's only a three star recruit, but he he stayed in Oregon, went to Oregon State. Uh, he had a pretty good career there, albeit a little lackluster numbers wise. This past year, obviously, he missed a ton of time, pretty much the whole season. I think he only played two games because of injury. And then the year prior to that, he had 22 catches for 304 yards and a touchdown in nine games. We missed some time then, too. So the numbers left a lot to be desired. But traits-wise, this is a guy who's going to intrigue a lot of teams. He's got the height. He's got the speed. He's the type of guy who can stretch stretch the defense with the seam and really put pressure on the defense and really make you pay attention over the middle of the field. So I think it gives you a weapon like that. And also just in the red zone, when you're 6'6 and you got those long arms, you're going to be a a matchup nightmare for people. So I think his athleticism plays in man or zone coverage. He doesn't really have the awareness and just, I guess, route savviness as some of the guys ahead of him do in terms of like beating zone and just knowing when to, when to settle up and when not to. But I think that's coachable. And then some of the other negatives, just the injury history is definitely something to be concerned about. Guys missed a lot of time. Um, I think he's going to be a 23-year-old rookie. So, again, not too old. And I feel like at the tight end position, the older the prospect, it doesn't really matter as much. Uh, I mentioned not not a lot of production, something to be concerned about. Then also just the drops. Uh, pretty high drop rate for someone as, as a tight end position. I think in 2021 he had a 12% drop rate, and then this past year, albeit it's only been it was only two games, but he had like another 8% drop rate. So a little high, definitely something to worry about. But I feel like when you have almost 10 and a half inch hands, drops really shouldn't be an issue, especially like him. He does he is a hands catcher, you know. So hopefully it's just concentration drops, and it's something that he can clean up when he gets to the NFL. Yeah, I also have Musgrave at five. So I'm pretty much the same way. I think the straight line speed is really, really impressive. When he gets a full head of steam and he's untouched, especially those seam balls that you see a lot at Oregon State, puts a ton of pressure on defenses, puts a ton of pressure on linebackers and safeties. He's a nightmare. Uh, 
in the middle of the field, can high point the ball really easily, prototypical size, good red zone threat. I think he's got a lot of upside in that regard too. Um, reliable hands catcher, like you said, I think he could play in almost any position. I think he could play in line, can play in the slot. Saw him play outside a little bit, obviously only that, two games. That's one thing I, I forgot to mention. I, do, I don't think he's really someone you want in line as much. I feel like you kind of prefer him to be that, that more move, new school tight end and play in a slot a little bit more. I don't think, like, especially compared to like Mayer, like he's, or, Darnell Washington, like you know, you know, he's got a little bit, a lot to be desired there. So, I mean, maybe you can develop the blocking, but he just doesn't really look like he's too interested in it either. Yeah, I, I thought he was fine. I wrote adequate blocker. Um, he's got long arms, so yeah. I think he can. I think he can do it. Um, but it's all about. I feel like it's all about mindset when it comes to blocking. Sometimes, you know, what I mean, where like, yeah, I mean, my, like Michael Mayer, like that guy wants to hurt people when he blocks. Yeah. Same with Darnell Washington. I don't know if I see it with him. I feel he doesn't really seem as interested. Yeah, he's a he's a weird one just because the the limited production. Then the last thing I wrote for for strengths, I wrote uh, ski racing in high school. Oh yeah, you love that. Just think, just think that's cool. And at six six to be at six six to be a ski racer, that's absolutely bananas. So yeah, big time hips, big time core. So. Ton of upside as a, as an athlete. I like to see that. The weaknesses you mentioned, the lack of games played and the experience, I think is going to hurt him, especially at a position like tight end, where we've seen the conversion from college to the NFL maybe take a little bit longer to get there for these rookies. So I think he could struggle and maybe honestly not even see the field too much in his rookie year. It's a really tough position to cross over to. There's a lot of nuance, dude. Yeah, worry about blocking, you know, and receiving. It just in that alone, you know, especially for someone who doesn't really block a lot, it's, it definitely takes some time. Right. Um, not a great route runner. I think those those seam balls and working towards the middle of the field is is where you want him. Doesn't have great feel in zone coverage, sitting down at the sticks. Um, gets a little tight when he's cutting in in and out of breaks, and then. I just said he struggles on press and, and physical coverage. When those linebackers get him, when he's running through the middle of the field, if they bump him, his route is like basically done. It's over for him. The play this year in those two games put up big numbers, but my God, I think it was Boise State and uh, I forget who the other game was against. Absolutely miserable, miserable defenses. So, I think his numbers looked a little inflated in two games, but I think he's got a lot of upside as a receiver and 6'6", 253, prototypical size you want at the position. So I got Musgrave at five in what is basically all upside for me at this point. Yeah, you have, you have a comp for him? I have a lot of comp for tight, this tight end group. I don't have a comp for him. What's yours? Uh, your guy, uh, Gasecki, a little bit. Ooh, I like that. doesn't block at all. Yeah. He's kind of bitch-made. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Shout out, Mike. I love you, bro. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean it. All right, man. Who you got at four? Uh, you go at four. You, you will alternate. You go four. All right, I'll, I'll go four. Uh, this is where my spice started, and honestly, my spice ends. Uh, I got Sam Laporta at four. Um, a little on the smaller side, 6'3", 245. But this guy is just an absolute chess piece for – a very, very bad 
Iowa offense. I mean, they threw, I think Spencer Petras had seven touchdowns last year. So on a team like that, where they were struggling to get the ball moving, um, he was the focal point of this offense the past two years, over 600 yards in back-to-back seasons where he had a target share of 20% and then 26% this year as a tight end. He's a good athlete. He plays in line. He played in the slot. He even played on the outside against outside corners and runs slants across their face and wins. He's a really, really good route runner uh, and can beat corners with his burst and his really good body control. Even though he's only 245, he uses his body really, really well to shield off corners and shield off defenders. They used him in a ton of different interesting ways. He came out of the backfield at some time. So I think in a league that has come, I guess, full circle is not the word, but in a league that's all about matchups now and is all about the offense getting who they want against a particular defense, he's a really interesting player where I think you can do a lot with him. Um, almost more of like a like a souped up uh, Kyle Juszczyk, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these numbers right now. He lined up uh, in the slot 30% of the time, wide 20% of the time, and then in line 50% of the time, which is kind of crazy. So, yeah, it just goes to yeah. show you just putting some numbers behind that. He does line up fucking everywhere. Um, to, some other things for me. play. I mentioned uh, – the athleticism played wide receiver and defensive back in high school. So he does have that athleticism beefed up a little bit though, lettered in basketball and track in, in high school. And he was also a team captain on this Iowa team. Some of the weaknesses he's on the, he's on the smaller side, lighter frame. The blocking is really up and down, but he tries really hard. So I can respect him for that. He gets bullied and bitched, honestly, a fair amount though. So he ends up on the ground, which is not really what you want to see. Um, and he's not really a dominant presence at the catch point. He's not going to win a ton of 50, 50 balls. Like we mentioned with, with Musgrave, but I do think he is a reliable hands catcher, even though he did have 11 drops in the past two seasons. But honestly, if you watch some of these games with Spencer Petros throwing, it's pathetic. So I don't even count like half of those drops on him. And I think, uh, I think the hands are, are fine, honestly. So I got Laporta at four. Yeah. He, so he's on the outside looking in for me, but just uh, thinking about, he's got a little Trey Burton in his game. He's like mm-hmm. a little bit of like an H back where he's just going to be moved around all over the place, whether it's a little bit out wide, a little in line, like you said, even a little of the backfield. So I do like players like that who are going to be versatile, but I don't know how much he played it. In the, of this in college, but I feel like someone like that, you're going to need to play some special teams in the NFL to uh, hold down the job. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think he's most likely a tight end too, but I do like him coming onto a team that does creative stuff with, with their offense, and I think uh, he could be a weapon in, in that sense. But uh, who you got at number four? Uh, four for me, I'm going with Tucker Craft out of uh, South Dakota State. So he's 6'5", 254. Again, another guy, long arms, 32 and three quarters, 10-inch hands, which are both good. He ran a 4'6", 940, which surprised me a little bit. I think he looked pretty 
a lot faster than that on tape. It could just be from playing the FCS competition. FCS, which could, <laughs> I, I'm assuming that's what it's going to be, but it was surprising because I really did think he was going to run a lot better than that. Uh, 34 inch vert, they'll tend to broad. So all of this, he's a, he's a good athlete. I mean, not he's just not as good, I guess, as I thought. But maybe he does play a little faster uh, in the pads. So this past year, he had 27 catches for 348 yards, three touchdowns. He was hurt week one and missed two months. I think he got hurt on like the first drive. So that's something that I mean, I don't think it's concerned, but just gotta keep an eye out for it. But in 2021, 65 catches, 773 yards, and six touchdowns which is the type of production you want to see when you're playing FCS-level competition as a tight end. So that he checks that box. I like his versatility. I think that he is someone who can line up in line or get flexed out wide. He's not the cleanest or the best or most powerful blocker, but like you said about uh, Laporta, he shows the effort, and I feel like he has a good understanding of like angles and when to like shield off, when to turn his guy and create open running lanes for the running back. So I think that's something that's a plus. Uh, he a solid. I think his athlete, like I said, he can stretch the field vertically in the seam, and he pl- ran a lot of like deep crosses in college, which I really like. I think that's a something that like Kansas City does obviously a lot with Travis Kelsey, where I think he can do that next level, where he won't just be a short yardage guy. He will be able to have a little bit more, um, like umph and just after the catch and just make a little bit more uh big plays, which I feel like. And then in today's NFL, it's just big plays. That's what people want to see. That's what people need. You want to have all your weapons be able to have some juice both uh, before and after the catch. And then so on the obviously negatives, just the FCS, le- FCS level competition is something to be concerned about. Uh, I mean, other tight ends have done it. Uh, my comparison for him is Dallas Goddard. I don't know if that's just because he's an FCS tight end, but I think they put, both are versatile and um, – decent blockers in college who just only got better. Like Dallas Goddard is a really good blocker on the Eagles. And then the, the injury history is something that to be concerned with. He had that ankle injury this year where he missed a couple of months. So that's something just to keep an eye out for. But I think he's going to come in, like you said about Laporte, I think it may take a little time, but I think he will develop into a, an average starting tight end who is pretty scheme versatile. Yeah. I, I crafted at six just outside he was an interesting one, right? Because it's so tough with with this FCF competition. You're watching these games, and like, he looks like he's a 25 year old playing on J, like playing it's like JV. And in, in some of these games, the thing with him for me was, I think a lot of his big plays were set up off of play action and blown coverages. Saw that a ton, and then his route running. He loops his like he doesn't like cut at all. He just like loops everything, and like that just stuff. That stuff just isn't gonna work at the next level. Even if you're six five, two fifty, like everybody's a good athlete. Everybody can cut you off. Everybody can bully you. Even smaller corners. Um, so that stuff is. I don't know how fixable, like you can get with like how nimble your feet can be. Um, in cuts. So I think he's going to struggle honestly to get open a little bit when he first gets into the league. But I think the play is that they scheme up for him getting touches. He's really tough to bring down when, when he gets the ball in his hands, which I like, and he almost refuses to go down a lot. I don't know if that's partly because of the competition that he's playing against. Um, and the thing with the Dallas Goddard stuff, I've been seeing that comp 
a lot as well. I think stylistically, maybe they are similar, but I went back and watched Dallas Goddard tape when he was at um, South Dakota State. He is like a god playing at, mm-hmm. at San Diego State. It is so ridiculous, that tape. If you want to look up fun tape, like high school, like hoop mixtape tape, look at Dallas Goddard in college. It's fucking ridiculous. And I just didn't really see that level of dominance with Kraft. So I'm a little concerned about how it translates. He did have a really good year in 21. We had 65 catches for over 700 yards. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna be an interesting one, right? I think I think he's well deserving of being in this conversation with um I think he's a tier below my top three. Um maybe even two tiers below my top three, but I think he deserves to be in that conversation of the fourth, fifth, sixth best tight end in this class. So I got him at six. Yeah, he's definitely a tier below this uh next top three for me as well. Uh, you want to go with your three, or yeah, I'll go with my three. I got. Uh, I'm assuming we all have, we have the same top three, obviously. So I'm curious how you rank them. Yeah, so I got uh, I got Dalton Kincaid at three. Ooh, ooh, damn! I thought you were gonna. Have, I thought you were gonna have the same top three as me. I like this. Nah, um, Kincaid, best pure receiving tight end in this class. He's really, really impressive. His route running, his hands, and his ball skills are really, really impressive. The body control, especially when the ball is in the air, is fucking awesome. He made so many crazy catches on the sideline when he's contorting his body, and he bitches people on 50-50 balls. I think, it was against, I think the one that you're, we're thinking of it was against USC, I want to say. Yeah, that, that catch is ridiculous. Insane. Um, he's a red zone monster. He's going he's gonna to be a red zone monster at the next level, too. 16 touchdowns over the past two years speaks for itself. He's just a really impressive athlete. Um, And I think, again, like I was talking about with Laporta, talking about a chess piece, this guy is an ultimate chess piece when you want to play him in the slot. Um, I don't really want to play him in line too much because I'll get to the the weaknesses now. Uh, He's pretty much a liability as a blocker. He tries, but he gets blown off the ball pretty consistently and I just don't really want him there. I think it it'll hurt my team if if he's in line too much. Um and I'd rather have somebody else in that position. I also this is so like nitpicky because he is a really really good route runner. I think he's a really good player and I think he's deserving of being worthy uh, of a first round consideration. Um his pace. He's such a good route runner but everything is at one speed and he plays really fast and it's good. But at the next level, you need to vary, you need to vary up your pace and how you set routes up because everybody is really good at the next level. So I think when he plays against physical guys, um, needs to slow his feet down a little bit and then he can get in and out of his breaks a little bit quicker and beat them that way. So the blocking is a major issue for me, which is why I have him at three and not two. Because uh, compared to Mayer and and Darnell Washington, I'll say it, um, it's a joke at how bad he is at blocking compared to them. But this guy is going to be a quarterback's best friend at the next level. He's just a really impressive receiver. So I got Kincaid at three. Should I say where I have him, or should, yeah. I, should I wait? 
Yeah. Okay. You got yeah, a I mean, one? Yeah, I got a one. Um, Ooh. Yeah, surprising. I was I was pretty surprised myself. I think what you said, a lot of what you said is right. I don't know if you, you said measurables, but 6'4", 246. So really good size. Got the 32 and a half plus inch arms, 10 and a quarter inch hands. Didn't test which one, which did concern me a little bit, but I think that on the tape, he's plenty athletic enough. I think it's pretty easy to see. And he's going to be a 24 year old rookie, so a little older. But as I mentioned uh, prior, I'm, I don't really care much about tight end age. I think Hayden Hurst was like 27 when he entered the NFL, wasn't he? <laughs> wasn't he like a super old <laughs> yeah. rookie? So, um, but yeah, I think natural hands catcher, he's, his hands are really good. And you, I think the first thing you said was just his body control and his ability to just track is so goddamn good, dude. He's like a receiver out there. And in all honesty, he is just a big slot receiver because I don't want him anywhere near the line of scrimmage like and blocking. Just don't do it. Um, he's a, he's a three-level threat too where like he can win by route running. He can win at the catch point. And I think what sets him apart from this tight end class, he can win after the catch really well. He's a threat when he gets the ball in his hands. And he's a physical He's a physical finisher as a runner too. He's not just going to try. He doesn't like juke. He, can, he tries to run through people. Um, he's going to be, like you said, he's going to be a quarterback's best friend, third down, third down machine. Um, I'm trying to think what, I feel like he touched on a lot of this stuff. Uh, he's just, yeah. I mean, I think what set him apart from everyone else is just his, not his, I guess, potential. And also just where he's at now as a receiver. I think at the end of the day, it is a passing league and he's someone, if we, if I had to guess who's going to have the most receiving yards in three years out of these tight end class, it's going to be him. So that's why I'm at number one. I do agree the blocking is definitely a concern, but hey, just don't fucking have him do it. I mean, look at my comparison for him is Evan Ingram. Just just be a big wide receiver, and that's and that's where you're going to get paid. I think quarterbacks nowadays love that, so really reliable, and I think he has a little bit. He's got, um, he's got big playability too, which is what teams want in this NFL. Nice. So Ray's got Dalton Kincaid at one. Uh, Dean's not on the episode today, but Dean also has Dalton Kincaid at number one. And honestly, didn't feel he needed to watch any other tight ends because he knew who his tight end one was going to be. So, so I'm actually Brock. I'm pumped that he's not on the episode. I don't want I don't like agreeing with Dean, especially with takes like this. <laughs> but so it's you know it's good to have him not be here, so I don't have to see his dumb fucking smile. All right, um, so you got a uh, so we both have. Of Mayer and, and Darnell Washington left, I'm assuming. Um, I have Mayer at one and, and Darnell Washington at two. Uh, where How do you have them them stacked? I have Darnell Washington at two as well. I have Mayer at three. Ooh, okay. So you want to talk about Mayer and then I'll talk about Washington? Yeah, I'll talk about Mayer. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying this. Mayer is the most complete tight end right now and clearly has the highest floor in my opinion. So – I'll just start right there. He's six four and a half, two fifty or two forty nine. One thing that I guess surprised and kind of concerned me a little bit is just the short arms. He's got like thirty one and a half inch arms. I mean, it doesn't sound like much, obviously, of a difference. Uh, but I feel like when you're in line blocking, like he does so well, and he's that's like his trademark is that he's a wide tight end. Like you want him in line blocking too. I think that could come in as like an effect at the next level. And then the four seven forty, which is surprising. He's like. He's not the athlete some of these other guys are, but that being said, it, uh, the pros, he just has such a good feel for short area route running, which I love. I think that's where he's, his money is going to be made third and five, get a, go to the sticks. That's what you where you want him or uh, 
third and goal from the 10 yard line. That's where he's going to make his money. He's going to be a red zone threat, a third down threat. Uh, he's not as uh, dangerous with the ball in his hands as the two other guys I have ahead of him. Um, but his blocking, like I, I think he's the best blocker right now, most consistent blocker right now. He, he when he blocks, he he tries to hurt people. He like he is strong as hell. He looks like an ox, and he it looks like he he loves he just loves blocking people, which I love to see as a tight end. He's he's someone that you want in line. Um, you don't you're not really gonna flex him out too much. But yeah, I think what set him what I, what had him at number three for me is just the athleticism and just the overall ceiling. I don't know how high his ceiling is. I don't think I can't see I, I can't see a world where if everyone reaches their ceiling, I think he ends up at number three. Yeah, it, it's tough because the athleticism maybe isn't there. I think on tape. He's maybe a little bit more athletic than than what he tested. Really, I, I I don't know. Maybe it was just because I didn't watch him until after I saw the numbers, but I just didn't see. I don't think he's that good of a mover. Like I think what comes when push comes to shove, like on like I said, like with the cornerback episode on third down and it's man to man, can he separate from man at the next level? I don't know. That's where my concern. He is a contested catch machine. Don't get me wrong. Where like his hands are never going to fail, but. At the end of the, you do need to create some sort of separation. Yeah, and I think for him, it's not really creating separation with his feet. It's creating separation with his body. He uses that. He uses his leverage Amazing. really well. Um, we were talking about comparisons before the before the draft. I said T.J. Hawkinson. They had very pl- similar play styles. He's a much better, um, much better blocker than Hawkinson. But you mentioned Jason Witten before, which yeah. I think is a great comparison and. Talking about upside, where maybe it feels like Jason Witten is a, a floor play for a really good tight end. Jason Witten was a fucking awesome tight end. I, I mean, I, yeah, I feel like comparing him to Jason because that is my comp for him, but like like a poor man's Jason Witten. I, I, you know what I mean? We're like, yeah. And I also do think it may, the game's a little different now where like I don't know how well Jason Witten would translate now, but he's going to be – I mean, Jason Witten would still be a top, what, seven tight end in today's NFL, I would assume, yeah. definitely. So, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I'll just add a couple things quickly because you, you hit it really well. Um, the highest floor, I, th- I think, is is pretty easy to say for him right now. I think for guys like him, it's really important when I was scouting all these guys – Back-to-back seasons of 800 yards plus for a tight end at the college level is awesome. He's already been the focal point of an offense for two straight years. And I think coming into an NFL offense, that's really important to already have. You already know you have the skill set to do it. Um, He's going to come in and be one of the best blocking tight ends in the league already, which I think is a big plus for him. Um, And I just think that the hands are awesome. The seven to twelve yards, he's going to be every quarterback's best friend. Um, I just see him; just he's just always open. He just he just knows how to play the position really well. He knows how to use his body really well. He knows how to use his leverage. I really like him, but again, I saw him the same way as you. Just that the athlete; he's he's not the same as any of these guys I have in my top five. I feel like we're in line on these. Like, it's just these guys are so hard to stack. And like listening to you talk about them, I'm like fuck, because like, I, I agree with everything you're saying. It's just like I don't know. It just for me, I guess it just came down to ceiling. Me, I guess that's really what that's what sold me. And I, I now I'm starting to second guess my rankings. Fuck. 
Yeah, I like. I mean, I like Kincaid. I mean, I have all three of these guys stacked, but within two points of each other in terms of my ratings. Yeah. And then there's a and then there's a pretty decent sized drop off to Laporta and, and Musgrave. Yeah, I'm the um, same way. It's funny. I'm, I had all I had all of the top three at number one at one point. Like when I, was like <laughs> sad, I, had, I had them all at number one. All right, I'm going to talk about uh, Darnell Washington, who I have at number two. Um, I'm obsessed with this guy, honestly. He's, his tape is just fucking hilarious. He's an absolute force in the run game. He's essentially a six offensive lineman when he's in there. And he's not just a good blocker for a tight end. He's a could essentially play right tackle. In a pinch, if you needed him to, I really, I really think that six seven two sixty four, massive arms, massive hands. I think the receiving upside is definitely there. You saw it at the combine, him and go up and get it with with one hand. You see some special plays. He also has uh, some a little bit of burst and and some wiggle for a guy that size. You saw him hurdle a couple guys this year. Um, he doesn't really run routes but he's so big that it doesn't really matter right now i'm curious to see how his physical body like translates to the nfl like if he needs to develop a little bit of a route tree um because i think people are going to look at him and think gronk ish um but i think gronk is had way more upside as, as a receiver, honestly. Yeah. Full disclosure, my comparison for him, I have Gronk as the ceiling and then Mercedes Lewis if it's not Gronk. <laughs> like if, he's, if he's not going to reach his full potential, it's going to be like a Mercedes Lewis type player. Right. I see a lot of Gronk similarities in him, though. Just the way they move their long, their like long ass fucking weird bodies. Like it's just like, it's, it's, I do see a lot of Gronk. Yeah. I, I think he's just going to be a really interesting, um, He's just going to be a really interesting player for a team. Like, I think if he gets taken in the back end of round one for a team that is already set up with their offense, I think we had him mock to to Cincinnati in our last mock. I think a place like that is such a good home for him where they already have weapons on the outside where he doesn't need to come in and be so much of a focal point in their offense. He can come in protect your quarterback and then you get that upside with that athleticism because they need to go and double Jamar Chase and they need to go in and play over the top on, on T Higgins. So I think fit for him is going to be really interesting because if he's going to one of these lesser teams who doesn't have a ton of weapons and you're looking to get 70 catches out of him, I don't know if you're going to get that immediately I do think the upside with his receiving is massive because we just haven't really seen it. The black, the production for Georgia just wasn't there. He was playing behind Brock Bowers, who is arguably one of the best tight end prospects we've seen in the last 10 years. So um, he's going to be really interesting, but I think his upside is sky high. And I think he, he'll come in and be just an absolute mover of men uh, in terms of the blocker. Yeah, I mean, this is like a home run swing if I've ever seen one. But like Darnell for at tight end, like people always say, like the biggest mismatch in football is tight end, and he's the biggest mismatch of the biggest mismatches because, like you said, like his blocking is, albeit is is inconsistent. Like he does whiff sometimes, but when he they pull him, 
And when he's running <laughs> as a lead blocker, pulling, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do. Like, I, I think one of, I can't remember which game it was. Um, fuck, who was it? I want to say it was LSU, but one of the defensive backs just literally just took his knees out and a fucking 15 yard penalty. Like, I mean, because, like, like, really, what are you supposed to do to that guy? When he moves, yeah. he literally looks like a guard pulling. And, He's strong and he's ferocious. I do think he's got to play a little bit more within himself, blocking wise. He, he can whiff, um, and like you said, the the lack of receiving stats is concerning. But when you play second fiddle to Brock Bowers in that Georgia offense, it's just what's going to happen. But his catch radius is elite, and I think that's something that will one hundred percent play in the NFL. Like you said, though, the the route tree, I guess, is it's not diverse enough, but when you have those gifts, I don't know how much of a route tree you actually need. Like he, he'll be able to stretch the seam. He can work on those like split zone, like play action plays, get the ball in space. And he's another one. He's like a three level guy where, or maybe even two, I guess what you can say, cause just cause of the route running, but he can go over you and grab it. And then with the ball in his hands, he can either run through you or fucking jump over you. Cause he's a fucking absolute specimen. So I think someone's going to fall in love with this guy and end up taking him round one. Right. You want to run through your uh, your top fives real quick? Yeah, so um, starting at one, I got Dalton Kincaid. Two, Darnell Washington. Three, Michael Mayer. Four, Tucker Craft. And five, Luke Musgrave. I had Mayer at, at one. I had Darnell Washington at two. Dalton Kincaid at three. Sam Laporta at four. And then Musgrave at five. Any guys you wanted to mention outside your top five that uh, you found interesting? Yeah, um, someone who's not really getting a lot of love. I don't know where he ends up going. I just know he's going to end up playing in this league for a little bit. Uh, Payne Durham from Purdue. Big body, 6'6", 253. He's got 33-and-a-half-inch arms. He didn't really test too well. He ran like a four eight seven, which is a little disappointing. But he's someone who's going to be – he's an inline He's an inline blocking tight end. He's probably going to be a tight end, too, for most of his career. Where if he get, but I think if he's someone where he gets this chance to start, he'll be able to jump in and make it happen. He has the receiving numbers at Purdue. I think this is last year he had 56 catches for 560 yards and eight touchdowns. The year prior, he had another 45 catches, 467 yards, six touchdowns. So he has 10 yards a catch. He's a red zone threat, and he's a really he's more than adequate blocker. So he'll he'll find a place in this league 100. percent yeah, guy I wanted to mention was uh, was Brenton Strange. Had to show some love to my Penn State boys because honestly, they've been churning out some tight ends these past few years. They really they've have. Gotten really, they've gotten some really good production uh, from Strange, and I think he kind of flew under the radar this year because the offense was up and down. He's a really interesting player. Honestly, kind of reminds me of a of a Pat Fryermuth, six four two fifty three. He is full go all the time. And that's the one thing I, I love about him. The, his blend of athleticism and, and his frame is really nice, uh, but he gets after it as a blocker. The technique is not always there. The hand placement is sometimes inconsistent, but he's a dog. He tries really hard um, and he has the want to, to block. So I think he, he has a home on any team. Uh, he's a day three guy for sure. I think he's got some – he ran 4-7 at the Combine, but honestly, he's got more athleticism than that. I saw him run away from corners a lot this year. Um, I just think he's a, he's an interesting player with, uh, with, some of these, with some of these guys. Maybe not, maybe not the, the best athlete in the world, but 
he tries hard, he'll be a tight end too, and he can come in, walk on a team, and and he'll get some some reps. Honestly, I said Pat Fryermuth also kind of reminds me of a like kind of like a Tyler Conklin. Yeah, I feel like especially I feel like tight end is a position where you need depth, especially for teams who are like who are run teams where like you like if you need it if you have an inline blocking like if you that's what the tight end you want like you need depth there those guys get hurt and banged up pretty frequently and you can't just throw in some schmuck off the street you can't do it like teams would rather throw in a six offensive lineman than throw off like a, someone who like is just an absolute liability blocking right yeah it's going to be uh it's an interesting class because i think between mayor washington and and kincaid i think they all have very strong cases to go in the first round and definitely um with Musgrave, I think we hear a lot about Kraft. We hear a lot about – I have Laporta at four, but you hear less about him. But I think all those guys have shots to be uh, top 50, top 75 players for, for sure taken in this draft. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think we're going to see a lot of tight ends go the first two days. All right, so that'll wrap it up for us here on Between Two Tackles. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed our tight end episode. Come back. Stay with us. we got more player rankings. We've got the interior offensive line. we got a mock draft coming up next week. All good stuff leading towards the draft. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. Stick with us as we continue this 2023 draft season. Ray, appreciate you, my friend.